Hello and welcome to this week's and my first podcast interview of In the House Seats with me, your host, Craig Bartley. This is the place where every Sunday we talk about all stuff regarding theatre, film, television and the ups and downs while training for the performing arts industry. Who knows, some things could even relate to your experiences as a theatre wannabe or participant. Or if you are a parent or guardian of a future performer, it may help you to understand about training in the entertainment industry a little more from someone else's point of view. I will be speaking to professional performers, choreographers, adjudicators and industry leaders to find out more about them and their transitions and journeys from learning their crafts to the professionals that they are today. So for the next 30 minutes, all you need to do is sit back, relax and enjoy and listen with us. Today in the house seats, we have West End lead and television choreographer Alan Burkett. So today in the house seat, we have West End lead and television choreographer, Alan Burkett. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. It's great to have you with me today. And I'm very excited to delve into your career and get the lowdown on your views about the industry and also life in general. So uh, now you are carving out a fantastic career path for yourself as a performer, performing arts teacher, and now a distinguished choreographer. So tell us how it all started, where are you from, and where did you train? Um, I was born in um, Whitstable, that's where I'm from originally, and grew up there all my life. And um, I went to a dance school called the Deborah Capon School of Dance. And um, they were fantastic, did a lot of kind of competitions as I was growing up. And um, then I I started becoming a, a junior associate with the Royal Ballet and um, sort of auditioned for White Lodge, got into there and sort of had to decide whether I wanted to go and do A-levels or sort of stay on. Um, so I decided to stay on at school because I think my true love was jazz and tap sort of thing. So um, I stayed on and um, then decided to go to Performers College um, after that. So I went there for three years. Fantastic. That's excellent. So um, life in Whitstable, what was that like as a boy dancer? Um, different. I mean, I was the only one. So um, <laughs> um, I loved I had a great upbringing there and it was a lovely place to grow up and um, school life was all good. Um, I think difficult for it was a hard time for any boy dancing. Um, I think it still is today. When I was at school, it was not seen as a cool thing to wear uh, leotard and tights. Um, so, <laughs> Especially around Whitstable High Street. Exactly. Um, but um, no, I had a great upbringing and um, uh, yes, very thankful. Amazing. So you went to uh, you went to Performers College out there in Corringham in Essex. Did you, you obviously boarded out there. Yes, yes. Yeah. First three years. Um, what was life like uh, living away from home? Good. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit of a mummy's boy, so <laughs> I would take my washing home and stuff at the weekends. And um, it, it was it was lovely because it was far enough away that I kind of had my independence, but I could jump in my little mini if I needed to and then um, shoot home and see mum and dad. Home. So you didn't feel so homesick that way. Yeah. So um, from performers, did you, um, is that how you first got into the profession? Yes, yes. Uh, so did my three years and then... Um, got an agent through um in my third year and um literally started putting me out for audition straight away and um yes my first job was sort of later uh, that year i think we started in october um with crazy for you on tour 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, obviously, because of your ability to perform in musical theatre, um, you had to train in all varied styles across the board. Do you feel that this is compulsory in today's casting and audition requirements? Yes. I've, well, it depends what avenue you're going down, I guess. I mean, if you're never going to be that dancer, dancer um, in the chorus, then yeah, I think it's great to have some dancing tools under your belt. Certainly you've got to be a mover and um, you've got to pick up some choreo. doesn't have to be super complicated, but it's great to have those tools under your belt. But for someone like me who is sort of wanting to dance and sing and act, um, the more varied range of dancing you can do I think just holds you in a better stead to get those jobs yeah, um, yeah. the people that are pushed more especially today classically as well choreographers are looking for that classical background as well okay cool with the uh, with the variation in today's style requirements, I mean, in my day, you didn't really have the necessity to have um, the acro skills and so forth that they have today. Um, how's your acro? Dreadful. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. I'll put my hand up. We used to have these two lanes uh, down the studio and um, we'd have gym every week and our lane was called the Tumble Tots Lane. <laughs> Just sort of run and jump off the trampette in a jazzy fashion. Um, but I mean, I've just never been able to. I'm, it's weird because I'm so, for a long person, very nippy and I'm a jumper. Yeah, but yeah. The tumbling stuff, there's just a lot of me, a lot of me. And it just doesn't seem to work in, um, uh, in one piece. So um, it's never something I've been good at. And um, when you go to auditions, they say, oh, who can tumble and stuff? Yeah, my arm would never go up. Yeah, I would stand at the back. <laughs> I'd end up in A&E probably. Anyway, so um, since being at college and even in your first professional job, do you think that the dance styles and genres now are similar to what you trained in? Or when you're out teaching, um, do you feel that you have to keep within the trends or go back to the original stylistics, like your Jack Gunn styles or, um, and, and so forth, of different choreographic styles? I think it's constantly evolving. And that's what I like through my teaching. I see that um, through what the kids are doing at their other schools or when I go into colleges, um, I see what they're doing with other teachers and how it's evolving. So I feel for me as a dancer, uh, I, I like that because I can keep up with them. Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. Bring on the trends and things. Um, and it's the same with musicals as well. They're, they're always evolving and stuff and the choreography and that is so much, it's, it's really artistic and quir it's quirkier nowadays, I would say. Um, but styles of stuff coming out now with the new uh, West Side Story on Broadway and so forth, completely different to how it used to be. The old school MGM and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Talking of musicals, I remember seeing you in one of your first West End jobs at the Apollo Victoria Theatre in Moving Out, the Billy Joel musical. Um, just remind me and the listeners about that show. Um, as if I remember rightly, it was very contemporary jazz stylistically based um, within the choreography. Yeah, it was. I remember auditioning for it and we had rounds and rounds and rounds and I was so excited to go back and it was so challenging. Was it um, Twilight Art, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's 
it's kind of classical like there's so much part de deux in it um but it's got a kind of contemporary um real sort of 60s sort of vibe to it as well and i mean the show was just stunning and a killer to do i mean we stays i used to run off and sort of in the in the wings and just be just dead and then you'd run back on and how god i just couldn't do it now i'm too yeah. old yeah. <laughs> bless you why do you think that show came off so soon was it to do with the size of the apollo victoria or was it a promotion or a lot of different reasons one the size of the theater is and it's also a very niche show and it's sort of one billy joel is massive in america and maybe it doesn't have such a following um, he doesn't have such a widespread fan base here yes and also I think in its marketing, there was confusion whether it was a musical or a dance show. I think perhaps if they put it into like a Sadler's Wells for a limited run or something, it probably would have got the recognition it deserved as it did in, on Broadway. And probably suited the, um, you know, that intimacy a little bit more because when I actually saw it, I mean, you guys were working like crazy yet. It, it, unfortunately it's, I don't feel that you were getting the response that you deserved on stage because it was very, very empty. And let's face it, when Starlight came out, when they put it back into a theater itself, it's a barn. That place is a barn and it's, um, it yeah. was just such a shame because I felt if it would have gone into somewhere like um, the Aldwych or the Strand at that time, which is now the Novello, um, it would have worked beautifully. Yeah, I think because it has that, it had the platform of the singer and the musicians. Yes. We thought to sort of create that rocks, uh, rock sort of environment. And I think the narrative, because it's all just dance through narrative, it just got lost in that space a little bit. Yeah. Now, your performing CV is absolutely immense with shows such as Santa Claus and Musical, Crazy For You, We Will Rock You, Cats, 42nd Street, Singing in the Rain, and many more. But of course, your critically acclaimed performances as Jerry Travers in Top Hat the Musical, um, which ran at the Aldwych Theatre for around four years. It really, I, I think, because, I mean, I've known you since you were you're a young lad in dance festivals and so forth, but I feel that that's the one that really put your name up there as a West End lead. I might be wrong in that, but uh, do you feel this? Yeah, I agree. Um, it was <laughs> the part that I always wanted to play. It was it was always there in the back of my mind. And if anyone said to me when I was younger, what do you want to play? Hands down, Fred Astaire. Just it's who I look to. I feel that um, that's when I dance, that's the sort of person that I would most like to embody um, I love his grace and his elegance. And um, when the show came out, I was just, I was doing another show at the time and I was desperate to be a part of it. And I was so lucky that I got to join it a little bit later when it went into town. And it was a beautifully staged show as well by um, the lovely Bill Deemer as, um, as a choreographer. And the set and everything, it was just so classily done, you know, which is lovely to see in, um, around these days. Yeah. So would you say that Top Hat, out of all of those that I've mentioned that you've been part of, would that have been your favourite contract and show to perform? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I've got lifelong friends from it now, 
because I did it for so long. Um, Charlotte, my partner. Charlotte Gooch, that is. We are best buds. And that's just so lovely to be on stage every night with your best friend. And we worked so well together. It was cracking. The, the piece as a whole was exquisite to the tailoring, to the, the handmade shoes that were made for you. How often do you get that? In a production, I, I, I agree. It was just, it was impeccable. I mean, uh, I did original Forty Second Street, as you, as you're aware, and we had all our shoes were in Ello and David. And you look back on that, and you think of how the cutbacks in shows are today to to then. It's the detailing, and I remember on our on our waistcoats for the money scene, they were actual dollar bills that were printed onto the fabric. So it's kind of like we were worth a few bob running yeah. around the stage. That was for sure. Oh, Forty Second Street, and it. I remember just sitting up there in the dress circle. My mom and dad took me and my jaw was on the floor at the sheer detail and epicness of it. It was... Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I did like the revival, but I have to... I can put my hand up and actually think that ours is the original back in 84, 85 and 86 when I was there. Um, I, I felt that it, it read better for me and the reason was that it wasn't taking anything away from the performers then and it's not a our cast is better than theirs it was a case of I felt that because the vibrancy in the new revivals costumes didn't really sit it well within the depression days and I, I felt that the storyline got lost a little bit in places so I know what it's like and I can feel for you when you're saying about um you know that classiness behind a production and especially in something like Top Hat So before shows and theatre performances had to be put on hold because of our predicament at the minute uh, with COVID-19, you were on tour previously playing the role of Bobby Pepper in the comedy musical Curtains alongside Jason Manford. Now, come on, dish the dirt on him. Is he a funny man? Is he lovely as he comes across on TV? No, he's not. (laughs) He's an absolute... Um, beautiful man. He really is um, very kind and um, a great leader, really great um, company member. And um, I think I know from sort of from top hat days that um, it really does stream down from the top. And if um, people are happy at the top, then the company's happy. Uh, I agree. He was really great and um, looked after us all. Um, and we, we had an absolute scream on tour. We really did. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So what is Bobby Pepper? What is he in that, in that role? Uh, Bobby Pepper is the um, choreographer of the show within the show um, of Robin Hood that is taking place out of um, Broadway, sort of a tryout before they take it to Broadway. And um, also he plays the leading man in the show as well. I love the show because I actually choreographed it at Arts Ed. Uh, okay. And when this came up, I sort of thought, hmm, is that weird that I kind of choreographed it and now I could do it? But I thought, no, I really love the piece. I love the score. I think it's genius and kind of quite underrated. So I thought, no, I'm going to give it a little go. The fact that it's such an ensemble piece, there's so many characters and we all work together to create the farcicalness and uh, uh, the speed of the the, um, the piece. It's a real fun show to do every night. I actually haven't seen it myself. I really want to. And I was just about to go and see it before we all went into lockdown. Although, but I will be going back and seeing it when it comes out, hopefully back at the Wyndham's, isn't it? Uh, no, that's it done now. Yeah. It's done. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's one that got away.
playing a part within a part in a show type thing. You've done that with um, Andy Lee, who was the choreographer as well, and also Bobby Pepper. And it's very similar to your parts, your two parts that you had to portray in Kiss Me Kate. Ah, yes. So, I- yeah, of course. Tell us about that. Kiss Me Kate was great and I've done it a few times now so I obviously quite like the show Um, but um, different versions and for different opera companies I I really enjoy working for opera companies I think they um, the the rehearsal process is really um, in depth and they really look after you as a company as well and sometimes you don't have to do so many shows a week sometimes you can do three shows when it's on tour or in um, in London which was lovely <laughs> Great, isn't it? yeah I've worked for a couple of opera companies myself and they really I have to say they do look after you um, and they make you feel very part of the company as well it's not a production office versus the cast yeah. no, it's very inclusive you have that resident company, um, the chorus members, and they love it when the everyone, the dancers and um, the singers, the extra sort of people come in as well. And they're there with open arms and it's great to get to know them. And yeah, I really enjoy that. It's good, mm-hmm. different, very different. This is so great that I've got you here in the house seats today. And um, the idea that you've done so much television work too, I had no idea at all. But before we chat a little bit about that, tell me about your sideline teaching at the moment with your associate classes. Um, well, I set up a, um, a programme called Premier Scholars and um, it was with my um, one of my oldest friends, we used to do festivals together when we were younger. And then we did our first job, Crazy For You. She went to um, Germany for a long time, um, working over there in theatre. And um, I happened to be over in Germany doing some gigs. We met up, had a little drinky one night, and um, she was sort of thinking about coming back. And she said, oh, maybe I'll do a dance school. I'm not sure. And I said, you know, I love teaching, but I wouldn't want to start something on my own because I can't commit to it because of... Yeah, of course. It is very committal. It is. It really is. And I said, I'd love to do something with you. She came back and within six months, we had it up and running and we're auditioning for people. We've got some cracking kids now. We really have. And we have kids that come from sort of Portsmouth and um, down from Grantham. Um, for the day and me that's a commitment for sure so um no that's great i wish you all the best of luck with that because it's um it's always good to have the next talent coming through and to be nurtured and in good hands as well so Getting on to your Strictly Come Dancing for the BBC now and your choreographic contents that you do, how do you find choreographing for TV um, different? How does it differ for you rather than for theatre? It's so different because you're choreographing in 3D um, constantly and whereas there's not that sort of front, that fourth wall all the time, any wall is your fourth wall. And so you can do the options are endless and you can say, okay, so you can switch past this way and then we'll get the camera to whiz round that and catch you on there. And honestly, I am learning every year I do it. I've done it for about five years now. And I think every year I learn something else. And um, Jason Gilkinson, the, um, associate choreographer of the sort of who does the majority of the group numbers he is amazing and sort of um, takes you under his wing and says I I love it why don't you do that and have you thought about this and just comes up with some cracking ideas as well and um, I love that I have so much respect for him I've learned so much from him 
at Strictly, it's a machine, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Because you've got to get those um, that that night out. Exactly, and the time constraints, and then all of a sudden, um, someone's hurt their ankle. We've got to take them out, and you've got two minutes to sort this out before they film it. It's. It's not just about for that when you're doing TV choreography, especially when on the lives, um, you've got to really think on your feet because of the fact that you've got to take all that into consideration and you are literally to the clock all the time. And it makes it so much harder for a choreographer because you've got to make sure that everybody's in the right places when they want to get, get going. a moment to before your uh, before your professional career started and um, when you competed in dance festivals <laughs> yes the lovely Alan Burkett as number 28 in the ballet and um, do you feel that dance festivals and competitions give a good solid grounding and progress dancers and performers for the future yes I do I think competition is healthy and I think you should always have a, an eye on everyone else. You are competing, not to be the best, but to be the best you can be. Yeah, that's right. Fun competition is great. I think as long, and I'm going to say this, as it comes from the child, I think with shows such as Dance Mums and things like that, it's almost become fashionable sometimes to be pushy. And it's sort of, you see mums having their Instagram handles saying, I'm a dance mum. If a child doesn't want to do it or doesn't feel comfortable doing that, then it's a no for me. Because later down the line, that teenager has got to want to stand in that line and be the 40th one in the rain and want to do it for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. There's so many uh, parents out there which want to live their life through their child. And sometimes it's very hard as a teacher and a college owner myself, as you know, it's very hard when a pupil might not have uh, the ability to go into the industry. But what they don't realise is that there's other avenues that they can take. The Theatre is not just about, and performing is not just about dancing, singing, acting. There's so many diverse careers that you can train for to go into the theatre and television industry. Now, in 2014, you got married to the lovely Darren Bennett. And also, he's a performer in the industry. Now, how did you meet? Um, on my first job out of college um, back in 2003, I was a young chorus boy and he snared me. <laughs> <laughs> with, with both of you being professional performers, do you find it hard on your relationship to wonder who is going to get the next contract, especially if jobs are so scarce in the industry at present? Yeah, I, I think that is, I mean, gosh, everyone's in the same boat at the moment, aren't they? Not working and things. And I think a lot of us actors, we do date fellow actors. And especially for us, that's kind of a thing at the moment. We're thinking, oh God, neither of us have got a job. Ah, what are we going to do? But I know that we always make it work. I think because I have my teaching on the side, I can always push that and bits of choreography. And that's the thing. I never panic because I always think, 
something comes up. And as soon as I finish a job, people always say, oh, can you teach this? Or can you choreograph that? And um, it all turns out fine. So there's honestly no point panicking. Um, and if you have to cut back and have value beans for a couple of weeks, then so be it. <laughs> no trips to Waitrose, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I think that, I mean, I'm sure that both of you will be working for many years yet because uh, you're both very, very talented people and very positive as well. Well, Alan, do you know what? It's come to that time. We, you've got an amazing career that you've had with so much to still achieve within the industry, you know, because um, you've got so much talent there. Alan, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today and learn about your career along with my listeners. You know, I'm sure they've really enjoyed listening to you. I cannot wait to see you in your next show. Do you know what that's going to be? Uh, not at the moment. Not at the moment. What's this space? <laughs> Thank you for having me, Craig. Thank You're you. You're very, very welcome. Thanks a lot. Well, unfortunately, that's it for this week. However, don't forget to tune in every Sunday for my next guest in the house seats. This broadcast can be heard on my personal website at www.craigbartley.com or tune in on Spotify or iTunes podcasts by looking up In the House Seats with Craig Bartley. Chat soon and don't forget, click that subscribe button.